All right, everybody, we are back. My apologies on the delay. We had a hurricane came through, and we lost power for about three days. So that's what uh, got everything jacked up. But we're back. We're going to continue in Matthew. We're in chapter 23, and we are we will pick up on verse 13. And the caption reads, Eight woes. Jesus is still talking. But woe, judgment is coming to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven in front of people, for you do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow those who are in the process of entering to do so. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you swallow up widows' houses, and to cover it up, you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive the greater condemnation. Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you travel oversea and land to make a single proselyte convert to Judaism. And when and when he becomes a convert, so he's saying you travel overseas and land to make a single proselyte to convert somebody to Judaism. And when he becomes a convert, you make him twice as much as a son of hell as you are. You make him twice as much as a son of hell as you are. Woe to you blind guides who say, Whoever swears an oath by the sanctuary of the temple, that is nothing, non-binding. But whoever swears an oath by the gold of the temple is obligated as a debtor to fulfill his vow and keep his promise. You fools and blind men, which is more important, the gold or the sanctuary of the temple that sanctified the gold? And you, scribes and Pharisees, say, whoever swears an oath by the altar, that is nothing, non-binding, but whoever swears an oath by the offering on it, he is obligated as a debtor to fulfill his vow and keep his promise. You, sp you spiritually blind men, which is more important, the offering or the altar that sanctifies the offering? Therefore, whoever swears an oath by the altar swears both by it and by everything offered on it. And whoever swears an oath by the sanctuary of the temple, swears by it, and by him who dwells within it. And whoever swears an oath by heaven, swears both by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you give a tenth tithe of your mint and dill and cumin, focus, focusing on minor matters, and have neglected the weightier, more important moral and spiritual provisions of the law justice and mercy and faithfulness, but these are the primary things you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You spiritually blind guides who strain out a gnat, consuming yourselves with minuscule matters and swallow a camel, ignoring and violating God's precepts. So I'm going to pause real quick. Jesus is laying into these religious leaders who are so focused on their, their appearance before other men, their reputation, they're man-made traditions and customs, and they are really, they're blind to the true matters of the heart of God, and they're leading other people astray, all right? They're, they're putting on a show, they're, they're acting, and Jesus is calling them out on every single thing that they've been doing. Continue, verse 25, woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate but inside they are full of extortion and robbery and self-indulgence, unrestrained greed. You spiritually blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup 
and of the plate, examine and change your inner self to conform to God's precepts, so that the outside, your public life and deeds may be clean also. So once again, Jesus is calling out, calling them out for being outwardly righteous, appearing before men to be following all the laws, uh, Moses' commandments, um, to be super religious and, and righteous. And, you know, they're trying to, they exalt themselves to be high and mighty, especially in the presence of other people. So worried about their reputation. And uh, Jesus is just humbling them, calling each one of them out. Um, Because he's saying that the inside, which is what truly matters, their heart is wicked and unclean. Verse 27, woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. So you also outwardly seem to be just and upright to men. But inwardly, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets and decorate and adorn the monuments of the righteous. And you say, if we had been living in the days of our fathers, we would not have joined them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the allotted measure of the guilt of your father's sins. You serpents, you spawn of vipers, how can you escape the penalty of hell? Therefore, take notice, I am sending you prophets and wise men, interpreters, teachers, and scribes, men educated in the Mosaic law and the writings of the prophets. Some of them you will kill and even crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and pursue and persecute from city to city so that on you will come the guilt of all the blood of the righteous shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah the priest, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, the judgment for all these things, these vile and murderous deeds, will come on this generation. Lament over Jerusalem. Verse 37, Jesus is still talking. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who murders the prophets and stones to death those messengers who are sent to her by God. How often I wanted I wanted to gather your children together around me as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were unwilling. Listen carefully. Your house is being left to you desolate, completely abandoned by God and destitute of his protection. For I say to you, you will not see me again ministering to you publicly until you say blessed to be celebrated with praise is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Chapter 24, Signs of Christ's Return. So Jesus just went on a mega rant. Verse one, Jesus left the temple area and was going on his way when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the magnificent and massive buildings of the temple. And he said to them, Jesus, do you see all these things? I assure you and most solemnly say to you, not one stone here will be left on another, which will not be torn down. While Jesus was seated on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when will this take place, the destruction of the temple, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end 
the completion, the consummation of the age. Jesus answered, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and deleting you into error. For many will come in my name, misusing it, and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, and it will mislead many. Which we already know is very true. Um, the case in Waco, Texas, the guy said he was the Son of God. He said he was the Messiah. Many other people have claimed to be the Messiah, the Son of God, even Jesus. Um, and that's not true. And this is Jesus right here predicting it. Um, so he said, for many will come in my name, misusing it and appropriating it and, and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, and they will mislead many. So many of these false prophets, these false claiming messiahs did have huge followings and it had a disastrous, destructive end. It's not good. These are cults. Verse six, excuse me. You will continually hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end of the age for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But all these things are merely are merely the beginning of birth pangs of the intolerable anguish in the time of unprecedented trouble. Then they will hand you over to endure tribulation and will put you to death and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And that time many will be offended and repelled by their association with me and will fall away from the one whom they should trust and will betray one another, handing over believers to their persecutors and will hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, the love of most people will grow cold. But the one who endures and bears up under suffering to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom, the gospel, will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end of the age will come. I didn't set an alarm. Let me set an alarm. Siri set my alarm for nine minutes. Great. Perilous times. Verse 15. So when you see the abomination of desolation, which is the appalling sacrilege that astonishes and makes desolate, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains for refuge. Whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get the things that are in his house, because there will not be enough time. Whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his coat. And woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Pray that your flight from persecution and suffering will not be in, in winter or on a Sabbath when Jewish laws prohibit travel. For at that time there will be a great tribulation, pressure, distress, oppression, such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will again. And if those days of tribulation had not been cut short, no human life would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, God's chosen ones, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you during the great tribulation, look, 
Here is the Christ, or there he is. Do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear, and they will provide great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect, God's chosen ones. Listen carefully. I have told you in advance. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out there, do not go out there. Or look, he is in the inner rooms of a house, do not believe it. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will be the coming in glory of the Son of Man. Everyone will see him clearly. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will flock together. Next caption, the glorious return, verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those, this is Jesus still talking, immediately after the tribulation of those days, all that was just mentioned, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not provide its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And at that time, the sign of the son of man coming in his glory will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth, and especially Israel, will mourn, regretting their rebellion and rejection of the Messiah. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and brilliance and splendor. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather together his elect, God's chosen ones, from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Parable of the Fig Tree Jesus still talking, verse 32. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as it's young, as soon as it's young shoots, be, as soon as it's young shoots become tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you, too, when you see all these things taking place, know for certain that he is near, right at the door, the coming, the second coming of Jesus. I assure you. And most solemnly say to you, this generation, the people living when these signs and events begin, will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth, as now known, will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of the exact day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son in his humanity but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man, the Messiah, will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the very day when Noah entered the ark. And they did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be unexpected. So will the coming of the Son of Man be unexpected judgment. At that time, two men will be in the field. One will be taken for judgment and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken for judgment and one will be left. Next caption, be ready for his coming. Verse 42, so be alert. Give strict attention. Be cautious and active in faith. Mm. For you do not know which day, whether near or far, your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the head of the house had known what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you who follow me must also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. When, 
Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give the others in the house their food and supplies at the proper time? Blessed is that faithful servant when his master returns and finds him doing so. I assure you and most solemnly say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that servant is evil and says in his heart, my master is taking his time, he will not return for a long while and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour of which he is not aware and will cut him in two and put him with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping over sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth over distress and anger. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Long story short, be ready. We don't know when Jesus is coming back, but you, he better not catch you idle. Better not catch you lacking. So stay on your guard. Stay on your P's and Q's. Stay in the faith. Continue to serve God and serve man. Chapter 25, Parable of Ten Virgins. Verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, thoughtless, silly, and careless, and five were wise, farsighted, practical, and sensible. For when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take any extra oil with them, but the wise took flasks, flasks of oil along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delayed, they all began to nod off and they fell asleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and put their own lamps in order, trimmed the wicks and added oil and lit them. But the foolish virgins said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, otherwise there will not be enough for us and for you, too. Go instead to the dealers and buy oil for yourselves. But while they were going away to buy oil, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut and locked. Later the others also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, I do not know you. We have no relationship. Therefore, be on the alert. Be prepared and ready, for you do not know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. Parable of the Talents, verse 14. For it is just like a man who was about to take a journey, and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and then he went on his journey. The one who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made a profit and gained five more. Likewise, the one who had two made a profit and gained two more. Let me finish this passage. But the one, so the one who had two went and made a profit and gained two more. And same with the one who had five, went and made a profit, gained five more. But the one who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me, you entrusted to me five talents. See, I have made a profit and gained five more talents. His master said to him, 
Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. Also, the one who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have made a profit and gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. The one who had received one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man, reaping the harvest where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid to lose the talent, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is your own. He brought just the one talent. But his master answered, answered him, You wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I reaped the harvest where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter seed. Then you ought to have put my money with the bankers and I and I and at my return, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents for to for to for to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, a.k.a. has been a good good steward, more will be given and he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken away and throw out the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place of grief and torment, there will be weeping over sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth over distress and anger. So we'll end it right there. That was up to Matthew. We just finished Matthew chapter 25, verse 30. We'll pick up with verse 31 next time. Heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. Don't be idle and don't be a poor steward. Don't mismanage what God has given you. All right, we need to be good stewards of everything. We need to be actively serving the Lord and serving his children, serving our neighbor, and uh, always stay on our toes and be ready, prepared, Look into the sky for the return of Jesus because it's coming soon. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your truth, your heavy truth, your harsh truth, Lord, but it's truth nonetheless. I pray that it convicts our hearts, Lord, as we move throughout our day. These words just weigh heavy on us and, and lead us to change and repentance and uh, check, continue to check our character and our behavior, Lord, and help us to move uh, more efficiently, Lord, more diligently and more focused on things that are pleasing to you. Let us not be idle. Let us not be lazy. Let us not um, waste our gifts and our talents. Let us be good stewards, Lord, and let us be prepared for your return. We don't. The last thing we want to do is for you to return and you catch us slacking. So let this be a wake-up call, Lord. The end is near. You're coming soon. This is real. It's not a game. Place that sense of urgency in people's hearts. And I thank you for what you're stirring up as we speak. It's action. It's go time. It's not a game. And you're not playing around. And that's the truth. You love us dearly. And you are full of joy and full of peace. But this, this judgment is not a game. And you're not playing around when it comes to it. So the fear of the Lord leads to life. Lord, we fear you. I fear you. 
And I pray that those listening are stricken with that fear as well. We humble ourselves that you may lift us up in due time. You are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace.